It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Report to transporter room three. O'Brien here. I need you in transporter room three. This is the captain. Meet me in transporter room three. Join us in transporter room three. Captain, we're headed for transporter room three. This is your favorite transporter room, isn't it? You're listening to transporter room three with your hosts, Phil Perello and Scott Calora. Energize. Welcome to another episode of Transporter Room 3, and happy 35th anniversary to Star Trek The Next Generation. Mr. Scott, how are you? I'm all right. I don't know, Phil. These anniversaries, it's like, I don't think I'm getting any older, and yet we keep ticking them off. Like, mm-hmm. we must have celebrated the 25th anniversary on this podcast 10 years ago. Oh, God, I don't... <laughs> yeah. If you would have told me 35 years ago while watching... The 25th anniversary of Star Trek. <laughs> if you would have told me that I would be co-hosting a Star Trek podcast, I would have been like, cool, what's a podcast? <laughs> Two, is it cool? <laughs> and three, wait, what's a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and four, oh, why did I waste my life? <laughs> Uh, yeah. So what was that? Remember we went, we were both at New York comic-con Yeah, and it was some anniversary, but the whole, they, the next mm-hmm. generation cast were doing their reunion tour and they were, they were in New York city. Was it Shat- the 25th? Was, could that have been the, I don't know. I don't, Is it 2012? Been, wow. Could it have been that long ago? Shatner was the moderator, right? Yes. And I think Delancey sat in for Frakes. Frakes couldn't make it maybe. Does that sound right? Frakes or, couldn't make it. That's... Or for maybe Delancey sat in for Will, Will Wheaton. Maybe that's what it was. I don't know. Wasn't, the... wasn't Wheaton the moderator and people gave him shit? <laughs> it was such a fond memory. We can't even recall the basic details. Um... <laughs> it's on our phones. We can check later. <laughs> anyway, but... so many anniversaries, right? Do, do you remember where you were when you first watched Next Gen? Oh yeah, um, and we've probably talked about this many yeah. times. But uh, I was in, I was, I had just gone away to college. I was like, maybe had been my freshman year of college for like a month at that point, maybe. Um, 
and we like went down to like the common room uh because that's where a tv was uh you know no no iphones or devices back then and sat in the common room and watched encounter at farpoint like i still remember it very clearly um and then like talking to people about it the next day at my job at the library and stuff, you know, like, yeah, like Riker doesn't want the captain beam me down to other planets, man. That's cool. Stuff like that, you know? Right. So now you were saying when we were texting earlier, you were saying that back then you couldn't even get it on like local Erie, Pennsylvania TV, right? You, you know, to- my, my memory is somewhat foggy about that, but I remember watching most of it on like Saturday afternoons like the first the first two seasons on the cleveland affiliate wab right okay and then i remember uh they were doing syndicated runs around season five in like at like four o'clock or six o'clock in the afternoons it was hosted by a local cleveland guy who was a trek guy and i would always watch those old episodes um but new episodes ran at 11 30 on saturday nights on erie's cbs affiliate ws E-E, and I, I believe that was around uh, season three is when they okay. started. Because that's when okay. I remember taping Best of Both Worlds. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. And obviously, you're, you're, you're so much younger than me. You were like, you were a babe in the, in the crew, basically. I was basically. six years old going on seven, Scott. Right. Yeah. And, and so I, I, was... I can't, just thinking about that is sending some weird chills down my spine. <laughs> so you got into Star Trek earlier than I did. That means. Because oh of... yeah. I was, I was in it at a young age. Like yeah. uh, the first Trek I ever watched was syndicated original series at right. my grandmother's house. Yeah. I just, I, mean, I don't know how I love, I wish I could memorialize my first ever viewing of it. You know? I mean, you must owe it to your, to your aunt's, to, to see your aunt to some oh degree, yeah my right? aunts like, my dad my grandmother yeah, yeah oh your grandmother too yeah my my grandmother uh babysat us a lot and we would watch original series ironically on on our cbs affiliate when it was syndicated in the 80s okay and oh, wow. uh i had this little this small child size uh you know folding back porch chair you know like a checkered back yeah and that was my captain kirk chair <laughs> and she had a TV that reminded me of the view screen. So that we would set that up and I would sit in a chair in front of it, like Captain Kirk. And she drew uh, the buttons for me on the armrests. That's so cool. And she would <laughs> pretend to be a hura and come over to me like, Ooh, Captain Kirk. <laughs> That's Just great. Teasing me. Yeah. I was so uncomfortable with that. <laughs> You're like black girls, you know? Yeah. Oh, we're not supposed to show affection. We're men. Um, we're men. So, uh, yeah. I I mean, I remember my dad watching the original series a little bit. It would be like that and like Mission Impossible reruns would both oh, be Oh, that's on. great. Uh, but I remember being like more freaked out by original series when I was little. Like, Oh, really? The, well, but like the closing credits, the, the, the what's his face, the... Um, you know, the Clint um, Howard creature whose face always shows up at the very end, mm-hmm. um, like stuff like that. I just remember being like super weirded out by and like, um, and you know, like I can remember like the episode where they get turned into, they turn the whole, these aliens turn the whole crew into like sponges. And then the one, the one guy like squeezes, he randomly selects one of the sponges and squeezes it. To oh the yeah. The person. The shit, man. Yeah. And then like the, and then he reforms them into humans again. It's the cute girl, the cute ensign who got 
destroyed and Kirk, like it's such a gut punch to Kirk. Like he, he would have much preferred it was just the dude who got killed rather than the, the cute ensign. So, but still, uh, I remember, I remember just being weirded out and like, I, I don't know, I guess I was a bit, I was a bit of a pussy, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I was a little kid. <laughs> so I didn't really get into it as much until I was a bit older, like kind of high school age, which then dubbed for me dovetailed nicely into the day, like Star Trek for the voyage home coming out and then mm-hmm. like next generation launching, like should not long after that, I think it was. And so um, that's when I really started to get into it heavily. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. And now here we are 35 years later and we're about to get a new season of, of, adventures, of adventures with these guys, you know, right. so, crazy. Yeah. Well, and they're going to be coming to New York Comic Con next weekend too, apparently. So, it's Scott, what's the details on that one? Just that they're going to be there, but supposedly the last I heard is that they're they're going to be there in some capacity, but they're not doing interviews, or at least they're not doing interviews with with us, with IGN, or with or with Transporter Room Three, for that matter. Okay. Um, so I don't know if they're going to just do select interviews uh, with maybe like the trades or something, but like probably not. I mean, if they're if they're just if they're saying no interviews, then I tend to think that means they're they're just coming, go do doing their thing on stage and leaving. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah, probably going to show some great footage too. Show some footage. Yeah, they mm-hmm. are doing interviews with Pro- the Prodigy people. Um, which obviously their season is imminent. So the return of Prodigy is imminent. So right. they're doing that. And then um, Sonequa Martin-Green is also, and Michelle Paradise, the showrunner of Disco, are also going to be there. But they supposedly aren't doing interviews either. Um, and I would imagine that maybe they are, um, they're still in the middle of production on the new season, I guess. So mm-hmm. maybe they, they, they're less, it's less of a push for them to promote the show just yet. Um, but that sounds like that's what the Star Trek presence is going to be at New York Comic Con. So I'll be there. We'll report back on it. Um, you know, we'll see whatever cool footage and announcements come out of that show. Uh, and yeah, if we do manage to get any interviews, we'll we'll certainly run them on uh, on the podcast as well. I mean, I was really, I was hoping that we were, I was going to get to talk to the whole Next Generation cast. You know, yeah, like, so was I, Scott. That would have been awesome, man. Yeah, so we'll see. It could still change. These things are often in flux until the last minute, so we'll see. I hope it uh, works out. But if you're going to attend, please wear a mask and uh, have a good time. Oh yeah, I will be fully masked up. Absolutely. Um, last thing I need to do is to give Sir Patrick Stewart COVID. You know, like that. Right, would be, or him uh, give it to you. Right. Yeah. I mean, if he gave if he gave me mono, I probably wouldn't mind that so much. You know. You'd probably uh, get uh, w- what's the syndrome Picard has in all these things? <laughs> well, uh, Sarek had Bendai syndrome. Bendai. Par- yeah. P- Picard had um. aromatic ir- ir- syndrome. Or something I think like it was. That. Yeah. yeah. Similar, similar uh, side of similar symptoms to Bendai syndrome. Just none of the telepathic stuff, um, right? So, uh, but you know, we did get a we did get a kind of a reunion, or not a reunion, but a, a sequel uh, to a classic Trek show this week, didn't we? Yes, we did. Uh, Deep Space Nine returned. By Cra- crazy, by, right? Crazy, crazy to see it. I uh, in this week's lower decks, they took a trip, a which was more than a cameo. They took a trip to DS9 for the episode Hear All, Trust Nothing, which, yes, it's fan service. Yes, it's nostalgia porn. 
but it's also a borderline sequel to DS9, continuation yeah. of DS9. And it just drops you right in like nothing happened. Kira's in charge. Uh, they made some reference to, you know, Cisco earlier this season, or maybe in like the, the previous episode about him uh, working at a celestial temple. <laughs> All right. Doing his thing there. Uh, Cisco, Cisco's gone. Kira's in charge of the station. Quark is quarking it up. Yeah. Uh, I found uh, Shimmerman slipped much easier and more naturally into the performance of Quark than Nana Visitor did, I felt. Yeah, I kind of agree. Nana was, she was good, but it felt, yeah, she felt a little... Well, I mean, it's it's so it's Kira doing comedy too, to some degree, which mm-hmm. is a little little bit of a harder sell than Quark doing comedy, I guess, right? Right. Like, um, but yeah, I, I feel I feel that for sure. So Armin Shimmerman and Nana Visitor both Nana. came back. Yeah, no, I mispronounced okay. her name. Sorry. No, that's okay. I um, the only reason I'm saying it correctly for a change is because I had to do that Deep Space Nine interview with them a few weeks ago. Oh, Scott, you never talk where, about that. Where where I spent <laughs> I spent the whole weekend pronouncing her name correctly over and over again for fear of saying it wrong in front of her, which I then of course- her, look NV. <laughs> so, you know, deep. So, I mean, when we heard, we heard about this, they announced it at San Diego comic-con, right. That, that they would be coming to deep space nine on lower decks. And, right. you know, you, you kind of wondered like how much will it really be on deep space nine? Like is, you know, is, you know, are we, are we getting any of the original actors? Like mm-hmm. how much would it be? But it is very much, I mean, the, pretty much the whole episode is spent on Deep Space Nine. On right. Nice the B story on the Doc Cerritos with a slumber party. <laughs> right. That That's right. Yeah. yeah. And Mariner used to be stationed on Deep Space Nine. We had established that in right. the previous, previous season where there was a flashback or something where you just briefly saw that she was there. And like, oh. sure enough, like, Quark remembers her and, mm-hmm. and Kira remembers her. They, they definitely like maintain that continuity. Like, yeah, she's been here before. Uh, it's which crazy is crazy cool. that originally, according to the actor who voices her, that the original script did not have her character appearing, did not have Mariner interacting at all on DS9, which one, the character has its origins there. And two, the actor loves DS9. Like you, that's shitty. So they rewrote the ending. So oh. that scene with Quark. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Which, and that worked. That was, that was fine. Like, yeah, she still owed Quark a bunch of, a ton of credits. Right. And mm-hmm. they, they make reference to the Quark, <laughs> Quark's head on Kira's body hologram, which is yes. like a, a, one of the most disturbing images. Speaking of disturbing, it's a good thing I never saw that when I was eight years old. Um, mm. One of the most disturbing images in the history of Star Trek. Um, but uh, you know, like from the get-go, like they arrive, the the um, Cerritos arrives at Deep Space Nine, and they they make a joke about like just fly around the station for a while, and like right, you know, and and they're they're playing the Deep Space Nine music, and the wormhole opens, and it's like and the staging kind of, of the shots is similar to the opening titles. Of yeah, 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 exactly, and it's and it's funny, but at the same time, it gives you those. Deep Space Nine chills, kind of, you know. It's like, yeah, it was oh, a man. weird mixed emotion for me because I was, I felt my eyes warming up, yeah, right. you know, like like with happy tears and also laughing at it all. Like yes, and then that that pan 
in ops when Kira gets off the turbo lift and you're like, wait, that's Kira? That's Kira. Yeah. Pan across and they go into Cisco's office. I was just like, they recreated ops so accurately. Yeah. And and the station itself, the exterior, I mean, the, the, the interior is too. Rendered. The, yeah, the exterior. And they really like, you know, the Cerritos used to be, I feel like it used to be a little more cartoonish looking. And I don't know if they've if they've subtly changed the designs as they've gone along or like changed the the look of it a little bit. But like, it really like, um, it, it it fit, like the Deep, Deep Space Nine very much looks like a realistic Deep Space Nine animated version to the point where there's a couple of shots where I was almost like, wow, is that the, like, it looks like exactly like the one from the live action show, but like the Cerritos fits in just fine with it also. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, like it's not too cartoony or anything and which I thought was great. Not at oh, all. Yeah. And, um, oh, Cisco's baseball is still sitting on Kira's desk. By yeah, the way. I didn't see that. I couldn't tell, but thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's great. Which, That's great. Yeah. So, uh, I'm a little yeah. bummed. We didn't get to see defiant docked or the runabout well so let me ask you because the you know i mean that could be a budget thing too because they'd have to design the the ship i I don't know but like um the like when she's in ops when kira's in ops it looks like it's all run by bajorans now there's no there's no starfleet personnel in yeah yes that's true so i wonder if they've stepped back i mean there are obviously there are starfleet people on board and um like there's that Andor, uh, the um, uh, Orion Starfleet person who they have a subplot. Um, there's a su- subplot with as well. So there's Starfleet people on board, but like I wonder if sh- the station operations have been kind of handed over to the Bajorans at this point because it is years later, um, and you know it kind of makes sense that maybe the Federation would slowly want to cede control of this. It is like sort of a sovereign. Bajoran thing. It's not that specifically a Federation um, or Starfleet station, you know? So I was wondering right. if that if maybe like they don't even have a Defiant anymore, you know, like that could be part of it too. I don't know. Um, I, they do address, you know, that since the Dominion War ended and some fallout there. Um, so yeah, I'm guessing Starfleet no longer needs to occupy the station because Cardassians ain't much of a threat anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, I like how they talk about how quarks is now franchised out, uh, which kind of ties into uh, Picard season one. Do you remember there was like this Easter egg when they went to that like pleasure planet and you see like this big holographic sign for a plate for a bar or a casino called quarks. Uh, But it wasn't on deep space nine. And it was like, you know, it was like, wait, is Quark not on Deep Space Nine anymore? Like, what? what's the deal? But it's like, according to this now, it's like, oh, Quark, Quark just started franchising out his business. So there's there are like 20 Quarks spread spread across the galaxy, I guess, right. different, different Quark restaurant bars. Um, oh, Morn shows up also, right? Yeah, you which see? is a great little... And Dabo, the yeah. Dabo girls. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boimler is like somehow good at Dabo, but he does in the end he doesn't actually care about winning the credits. Like right, because we don't use money in the future. And the and the reaction to the Ferengi bartender, what? <laughs> <laughs> so now I had to actually go back and look to and I you know 
a little embarrassed, I guess, to say this, but I wasn't, I couldn't fully remember what had happened to everyone on the last episode of Deep Space Nine, except that they had, a lot of them had moved on to new assignments. Um, Right. Because I was wondering, where are, where is everyone? Now, obviously, Odo, we know, went back to the planet with the founders. So that, you know, and of course, Rene Borges-Renaud has since passed away too, unfortunately. So him not being there made sense. O'Brien went back to Starfleet to teach, I think, Starfleet Academy. So, and where'd Bashir go? That's what I was trying to remember. Uh, Bashir and Esri Dax, I couldn't quite remember. Um, did they stick around? Because they weren't there anymore. <clears throat> Worf went off to work as like the Federation ambassador. I think we talked about that a couple episodes back. So it makes sense that, that he wouldn't be there. Um but I can't. Oh, and also they they do kind of name drop Cisco at one point. Uh, Jake Cisco. They say something about I want to, but I want to. Um, Rutherford's like, but wait, I want to pour my heart out to the like cub reporter up here or something right. like that. And then you and, see his legs dangling. From yeah, the that's weird. yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's where it's where Jake and Nog would always sit. Right, and, like watch the um, people coming in on this. Um, you know the different visitors to the station coming in. So I thought that was cool. So Jake, it seems is still hanging around there, which is a good place to be. If you're a young reporter looking for, you be out on the front line, you know, the kind of frontier zone looking for scoops, but yeah, I can't remember what happened to Dr. Bashir or Esri Dax. And I guess maybe we should have done our prep work and looked at, <laughs> looked that uh, up. <laughs> prep work. I'm going to look it up right now. Hold on a second. Uh, I did enjoy uh, the the B story with uh, the Orion, whose name I can't remember right now. Great. Uh, when she interacts with another Orion who says he's from. Yeah. Tendi. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ten- lo- the, the, what's her name again, Scott? Tendi. Tendi. Thank you. Yeah. That whole thing in the cargo bay and there, that, that was very well done. That was funny. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, ter- and it turns out she, yeah, it turns out she actually has like the, She's so nice and like, she's like ultimate Starfleet, right? With her like science and her love of all that shit. And um, she, uh, it turns out she has all this pirate blood. So, um, and you you know, so these like kick-ass pirate abilities. All right. I looked it up. Let's see. Uh, Esri remained on Deep Space Nine following the war. That's all it says on on Memory Alpha. Um, So... I guess she she left at some point, maybe. Um, well, I mean, it's possible we just didn't see her, but it's also possible she was just reassigned in the years after, uh, between the F- Deep Space Nine finale and this. Um, and then uh, Bashir, let's see if I can find Bashir real quick. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey Scott, what's the matter with Wolfie? Sorry, it doesn't matter. That's my T two nod to you. <laughs> and that's actually the is that 
that's uh, John Connor talking to his mom, his his foster mother, who's at this point the T two. Yes. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Bashir Dax suggests Bashir. I don't. I think they just. You know what? Let's just say they both stayed on Deep Space Nine, and then they left. Sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know Bashir was bummed out that he was losing his buddy, um, but. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, is there uh, anything you didn't like about this episode? Other than not seeing more of the cast, no, I, I can't. I can't say that there's anything I didn't like about it. The one thing I would say, I enjoyed it th- thoroughly. But the one thing I would say about it was that if we're finally going back to Deep Space Nine after, after all these years, it felt a little inconsequential. Ultimately, for Kira and Quark, like. It didn't, the story didn't really necessarily matter a ton to them. Uh, like, which is fine. I get it. This is an animated sitcom that, the, you know, lower decks by its very nature. But it felt like after waiting so long to see these characters again, I almost wish there had been a little more like emotional oomph to I, I what can, happened here. Yeah, I can understand that. Sure. You know what I mean, um, mm-hmm. and and I you, the shot early on where Kira is um, when we first see Kira when as you described earlier she walks into ops and then she goes into what used to be Cisco's office and is now her office. She finally got that office. Um, she's looking out the window and she sees the wormhole open, and I was almost expecting there to be some kind of a glimmer of Cisco a Cisco reminder something, yeah. or s- something. And I know we get the baseballs in the room and stuff, but like. I was almost hoping that we some that there was just a little something there about Cisco, whether it's her. I mean, again, it's an animated sitcom, so it's, you can't get too heavy, especially like four minutes into your episode. But like, I mean, Cisco's with the prophets now, and and Kira is so religious. Like, does she does Kira pray to Cisco now? Like, you know what I mean? Oh, like, good question. Like, if she, you could just see her like praying to the prophets or something and saying something about Cisco. I, I don't know, you know, I don't know what it is, but I just wish there had been that that little extra something there. Um, but you know what? So so much fun to to see these guys and the you know the loving detail with which Deep Space Nine was recreated. Shax and Kira are old Bajoran war buddies. It turns out, right? There, which mm-hmm. is a lot of fun. They keep trying to one up each other. Um, yeah, that was fun. And were those aliens that? That kidnapped Quark, are they supposed to be the same race as the race that James Cromwell played when um I believe so, but they are also the race that Cisco and the crew first encounter when they take the Defiant in the search through the wormhole. Oh so that was okay. a cool little nod Easter egg situation there. Okay. Very cool. I, All right. I gotta I mean, I'm pretty impressed with the the middle chunk back half of this uh, third season it's been a it's been a good run and this is a this is an um, it's emotional and nostalgic level for fans but i totally understand uh that there should be a bit more emotional heft to the episode that's a good point. yeah yeah i mean i don't know how how fair that of a criticism that is to the show but this it's lower decks is lower decks it's a very specific yeah, it, format you know there's nothing um, wrong with wanting to uh invest that return like you said with more than comedic needle drop you know right Right. I'm still hopeful we're going to get more of Deep Space Nine characters in, in live action, too, at some point. We'll see if that ever happens. But um, I, yeah, if, there, if any show 
would be great to have that legacy quill. Yeah, man. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, and yeah, as you said, like this, the, I was a little lukewarm on lower decks at the beginning of the season. Just not that I, I mean, I still enjoy oh, it. Sorry. It's fun, but it felt feeling a little samey, same old, same old. And then like last week's episode with Rutherford, where he, we got his backstory. I think that was last week. We got some of his backstory about how he wound up as with his cybernetic implants, but also some still some mystery laced in there. Um, that was a good episode that I thought worked as well, where we got to see his younger self, and now um, and now this one as well. Two strong, really strong episodes. So um, you know, keep it coming, Mike McCann. Yeah, can't uh, can't wait. Yeah, um, but. Should we, uh, you want to move on uh, and do uh, let's do swing a by the replomat? Speaking yeah, of DS9, yeah, we're already at Deep Space Nine, we might as well go to the replomat. I'm going to the replomat to get something to eat. What are you taking out lately, Scotty? Oh, okay, I'll go first. Uh, actually, um, you know, the thing about the replomat is I start to get paranoid that I've said these things before. Um, yeah, same. We should do you know, this, but that will require adulthood. <laughs> I'm going to go with Children of Men, the Alphonse Coran. F, yeah, you movie. are. Yeah. Um, it, it, I went, I was looking for something to watch. I was looking for just, I wanted to, not that that's a veg out kind of movie, but it's one of my all time favorites. And it's a, it's a thing I can just put on and not feel like I have to watch it start to finish right there in the moment, you know? And I, I was on Hulu. I was like, oh shit, they've got children of men. And I watched the first hour of children of men. I'll probably watch the second hour of this weekend. It's a great and, movie. And I love it so much. I mean, it's, it's obviously, you know, it's about the end of the world and, and it's very dark. Um, but it's also very uplifting in a lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's just, I mean, the, the filmmaker is so talented. Koran is just, I mean, he's just yeah. next. He's just best. next level. He's the and best. and uh, I love Clive Owen. Um, even though I had t- such an awkward interview with him one time years ago. Oh, um, um, for I, what? I, uh, it was for um, that movie, The Four Feathers. Do you remember that? Four Feathers. Yeah, with Heath Ledger. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, Scott. Yeah. I know I'm old school, man. How, Almost... how awkward! What what happened? I don't know this story. <laughs> I've been doing junk it, chunk it since your grandfather was in diapers. Uh, I can't do it. I can't do it <laughs> as well as diapers. <laughs> uh, just like I think I asked him. I don't know. I think I I was. I just think I just think I was young and stupid and unprepared for the interview. That's my general memory of it. And he was. Oh. He was kind of patiently enduring the inter- interview, waiting for it to be over. Uh, but anyway, despite that, I'm I re- I think the guy's pretty great, and I'm you know a huge fan of the Nick, um, which he stars in as well. And uh, the yeah, Children of Men, it's just it's so good, and you know just from the the get go, like you know the, well, that the wonder, yeah, yeah, and everything yep. blows. Mm, love that yep. movie. Yep, and the you know the be- the death of baby Diego. Um, oh. you know, it's like it's just it's just such a great setup, you know. So it actually prompted me. I'm finally <clears throat> gonna uh, listen to the audio book because it's based on a book which I barely was aware mm-hmm. aware of. So I'm, I'm I'm gonna listen to the audio book. So that maybe that'll be my pick next time. But uh, what's you your like it, man? Thanks, man. What's yours? Well, Scott, I have been doing a lot of movie watching lately. And I got to recommend the bonus features on Nope. Oh, yeah? Okay. Making of Nope 
one, I can't remember the last time we got an hour making of bonus feature that wasn't Marvel. Right. Or uh, Star Wars. Um, it's a, it takes a deep-ish dive into making the movie. I could have watched two hours of it. Uh, they show the, the making of the UFO and the unique uh, twist that comes with that and how they came up with that. And it's just great behind-the-scenes footage of Kiki Palmer being awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, nice. uh, I, I highly recommend that. If, okay. you, if you've seen Nope, watch the behind-the-scenes. Okay. Yeah, Nope was... Uh... Nope was uh was interesting. I enjoyed Nope. I was but I was I dug it. I didn't I didn't love Us. Um, uh, yeah, Us is is like, a bumpy movie. Yeah, like there's things I really like about Us. Um a lot then, of it doesn't add up or shake hands. Exactly. So I was really and you know, my kid was uh he I guess we had showed him Get Out right around the time Nope uh, right, right around the time Us came out and he loved Get Out. So then we went to see us and he really was into us. And I didn't really have the heart to tell him like, ah, oh, it's, it's okay. It doesn't quite work for me, but like, he's been so excited. He had been so excited about Nope that we all made it a point to go see Nope in the theater, me, my wife and him, which doesn't happen that often these days. And we all really liked it. So um, did you actually buy the, uh, the Blu-ray or? Uh, my, my friend has it on Vudu. So I watched the special features there. Uh, awesome. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Me buying, I would buy it if uh, it was affordable. Right. Well, that's the true. That's the real trick, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So. But if, if those of you who can't afford it, please seek it out. It's awesome. Yeah. Or just go on Voodoo. Do a, you could probably do a two week free subscription on Voodoo. My favorite thing to do. Do an end uh, runaround. Yes. Which, by the way, was just, I was just watching that. I think it was last night or two nights ago. It just was on. Oh, Good old sweet. Pl- Good old Pluto TV, Best of Both Worlds Part One happened oh, to be on. You need to be their spokesperson. I really do, right? Like, uh, you know, between that and the endless Love Boat re- uh, reruns, I'm like, I, I am there. There, I'm keeping the lights on over at Pluto TV. I think <laughs> you are, Scott. Well but done. El- Elizabeth Dennehy is so good in that. In Best of, I hadn't watched Part One recently. She is amazing. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, all right, cool. Should we do move on? You want to do the red shirt? Sure, red shirt. Who hails from TNG? Okay. And I do not believe we have done this individual before, Scott. Attention all crew. Please don your dress uniforms and prepare the photon torpedo coffins. It's time for the red shirt of the week. It hails from an underrated episode of Trek, TNG, one of my favorites, Ethics, mm. Bane Lee. It's a deceased crew member of the D who was killed in action sometime prior to this episode. And this, and Bane Lee is mentioned by Riker to Worf when Worf is contemplating suicide after his spinal cord gets all messed up in the, in the, <laughs> In the cargo bay, or the shuttle bay. Yeah, yeah, it's the wharf spine episode. Yes, yeah. I remember it. Yes. <laughs> uh, Riker reminds Wharf of Fane Lee, saying, "You know, remember what happened to Fane Lee? Using Fane Lee as an example of an honorable officer who fought to to live, even when all hope was lost." Oh wow! Yeah, that's interesting. Now, I remember that. <clears throat> I don't remember the scene. I don't remember the character name drop, but I remember that scene because Riker Riker name drops a few people. I think in that scene, a few lost crew members 
um, <clears throat> as well. He's really trying to give Worf a pep talk, and Worf, right. Worf does not really want to hear it either, nope. I don't think. Nope, he's, he's not having it. He's not going to step up the way Fang Lee did in his final days. No. Um, but I, I do love when Riker says, you want to do it? You do it. I won't help you. And sets the knife down. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So then yeah. right, so then Worf calls his like eight-year-old son in to do right. it instead, he right? Asks him to do it. And then, <laughs> and then asks him to be strong for him and help him get through this together. Which is, I'll help you, father. <laughs> Something like that. Alexander Rachenko for the win. Oh, yep. man. For the win. And Fang Lee for the R.I.P. Yeah, yeah. Well, we hardly knew you, Fang Lee. I wonder what Fang Lee, interesting name too. I wonder what he, um, what his, he his or her she, story. Uh, yeah. Their gender is not uh, revealed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, all right. I guess that'll do it. Sort of a quick Transporter Room 3, but we had to, we had to squeeze out an episode about that, that Deep Space Nine return the way one squeezes out a quick um episode of a podcast that's right (laughs) i was texting scott about i said dude we got to talk about this you have to you're not you're not ready for it yeah yeah i was i excuse me i hadn't seen it and you were texting it i was like oh shit all right i gotta watch it so um i hope everyone else enjoyed it uh write to us and let us know what you guys thought of the return to deep space nine and the return of Nana, who I interviewed recently for a very special deep. Scott, deep I, I video. don't talk about that enough. I think you really need to bubble that up like seven more times. <laughs> and Armin Shimmerman as well made his return. Uh, oh, you know, real quick, I, w- I was also wondering, do you think Shimmerman wore the fake teeth when he did the performance? Okay, okay. I was wondering that too, because you could tell in some of the lines of dialogue, you can hear a little bit of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like I almost feel like those guys need to wear the teeth in order to find the character, you know, like right. um, after all those years of performing it that way. But yeah, write, write in, guys, and let us know what you thought of the episode. Hit us at transporterroom3 at gmail.com. You can also, of course, talk to us on Facebook, like us there. You can talk to us on Twitter at Scott Calora, at Phil Perello. And don't forget to subscribe to us and write reviews of us on Apple Podcasts or your podcast service of choice. And visit us on Patreon. Support us there too. Multiple tiers, multiple levels, lots of um, promises, lots of disappointments to be found on Patreon. So <laughs> be sure to. <laughs> That's a dark turn, Scott, for such a, for such a lovely episode. Uh, while Scott figures his shit out, <laughs> thank you all for listening. We'll see you on Gravette Island. <laughs>